After a sellout European tour, the World Wrestling Federation's top stars and management boarded a private 757 jet in London to return home. Every seat on the plane was a first-class seat. It cost us a lot of money, but it made it more convenient for the talent to travel. What was supposed to be a triumphant flight in decadence descended into a nightmare at 30,000 feet. The party starts when you get on them flights and you just start drinking. But that night, it was, it was too much. When you have an open bar and you're sitting there for seven hours, of course these things are going to happen. Naked men with robes, guys passing out, drinking, busting each other open, cutting ponytails off. Sounds like hell to me. Presented by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the Central University. A study on everybody welcome to episode 293 of our jacob do america podcast i am your host and the place to be mr jacob p and sitting right across from me is not the brown recluse mr artrell he is on a sabbatical once more but hopefully he will be back in time for the christmas episode but i sent out the bat signal once more and the gummy bear jordan olguin answered so jordan say hello to the and millions. I always love that dude because he's like, you know, it's a wrestling thing. Yeah, I love yeah, that yeah. shit. Yeah. You gonna give the people a people's eyebrow too? No, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that shit at all. But. All right. Well, before we get into the actual episode, guys, uh, Jordan Olguin from the Words Are Hard podcast, thank you for coming through. Uh, let's give a shout out to our sponsors, guys. First up, a uh, big shout out to Caveman Coffee, guys. Head on over to cavemancoffee.com. Buy all the coffee beans, coffee grounds, biscuits, teas, and everything that your caffeine-addicted ass will love and enjoy. So head on over there. Uh, they got shirts. They got sweatpants. Uh, they got cocoa butter. Uh, Jordan was asking for some cocoa butter earlier before he uh, came onto the cacao podcast. Cacao wasn't it? Cacao. 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 You going to be fancy on this one? You going to be a fancy bitch with Your, your co-host says it all the time. So that's, that's what I, like. yeah. I try to type that in it. It, it types the different. Yeah. It autocorrected differently. It took you to uh, Gina Valentina or what? No, no. <laughs> what, what did I type you this morning? You uh, caca butter? I or? need some caca butter. And I, was, I was trying to put cacao butter and that's, that's what it came out. Yeah, I, don't we, to, I don't know how to spell cacao. Yeah, we ain't doing anal de- uh, <laughs> destruction part six with Gina Valentina. No, but guys, I need you guys to head on over to cavemancoffeeco.com. Enter promo code Art and Jacob and Caveman Coffee will give you 15% off. 
uh, your entire purchase. But guys, we have one more sponsor. Next up to the table is the great and powerful Nicole Smith-Bosch, who has put together a lovely array of merchandise with her own two beautiful hands that types replies back to Jesus Fuentes in her DMs. But head on over to superapparel.com. Uh, check out all the great merchandise that she has created. Uh, Christmas is coming, guys. Probably want to put fucking express checkout because yeah. this is what it's like next Sunday. <laughs> exactly, we are one week away you from need that ASAP. Yeah, from the baby Jesus's birthday. So, uh, put everything that you love, want, desire for yourself, for your loved ones, for your neighbor, for your enemies, uh, for your sexual assaulters, uh, like Jesus yeah, Fuentes. Yeah, even your enemies get them get their swag up. Yeah, it's the Christmas. It's this Christmas spirit, guys. It's a, it's, it's the uh, the time of giving. Yes. Uh, it, oh yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but but before you hit checkout, guys, and use your Apple Pay or Venmo or Zelle or whatever you use to pay for uh, anything online guys i need you to enter promo code art and jacob and nicole will give you 10 percent off your entire purchase but guys your code's art and jacob on there yeah i don't know why i thought it was do america maybe do america is just uh for the other one <laughs> for, for no no <laughs> i don't know what it's the... america and then art and jacob so uh, uh caveman coffee use promo code america yeah, for 15 percent off go, go to super apparel and go get yourself a mug and then go to caveman coffee and get yourself some coffee and then you know you could share them both together there you go Lovely, but we're not here to talk about mugs and coffee in the Christmas season. Jordan, what are we here to talk about today? Um, we're here to talk about something that's very, very crazy that happened in a a little world that we like in the yes. in the in the world of wrestling. Mm. Because back back then they were not superstars; they were they were wrestlers. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then they became superstars. So yeah, it's, it's a little world that we like, and uh, we call this the plane ride from hell. Yes, an infamous story. Uh, that you'll hear. I think the WWE Network at one point they had like a cartoon version of this. Yeah. Uh, a lot of po- like when podcasts first became a thing, like everybody that was associated with the business of professional wrestling, mm-hmm. it was a topic that was covered because it's quite literally it was an intense plane ride. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, some of the shit that happened on this ride is like holy fuck yeah you know, i'm like, surprised people weren't arrested i'm surprised nobody died i'm surprised some yeah that's that's, that's the main thing i'm surprised nobody died on this fucking plane oh my god like a whole plane it would have been just as bad as september 11th and this was in a time frame too, right after yeah literally like a year or two right after fuck it no no it was, it was a couple it was like months six months later seven months later holy yes. shit like that is an epiphany that just hit me right now <laughs> yeah and for them to act this crazy jr says it at the end of dark side of the ring if you guys don't know what dark side of the ring i highly recommend heading to youtube just pop on any episode it don't matter you don't even have to really hit this episode on um, play right from hell because they do cover this yeah any episode you're gonna be fucking hooked oh yeah dark side of the ring they hooked. do an excellent job uh, there are documentaries of all sorts of uh, wrestling, wrestling topics, stories. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they did it with Chris Benoit, Owen Hart. Jimmy Snuka. Yeah, Jimmy Snuka. Topic. The Montreal Screwjob. The Montreal Screwjob. That you guys have already covered. Episode fucking 76, I think. I don't know. Damn, okay. I, 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 the research. Like, I don't know. I really don't know. But <laughs> yeah, something like that. Somewhere in there. But um, they cover everything and... Uh, nobody's going to do it better than him, I don't think. Yeah. We're going to try. Yeah. Uh, but JR says in the documentary, he goes, I'm surprised if this was a commercial flight, mm-hmm. the FBI would have been called. Oh, on yeah. us and everybody on that flight would have been arrested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, just, I mean, we're going get in, to get in the story. Like, who, who did what, who, but then it's like, like we were talking about right before this, is like, dude, this person was on the plane. They didn't do nothing. They weren't involved <laughs> with this. Like, hold on. Like, my thing is, I think there's a bunch of stories that are missing mm-hmm. that aren't talked about. Maybe 
maybe to them it was just a regular thing for them to do but it's like there's a lot of shit on this plane it's like god damn and not only that though like one thing that stuck out to me as well is i mean this is the most infamous plane ride from hell but a lot of people that were interviewed by dark side of the ring said that Oh, there was multiple plane rides from hell. Like yeah, this is this I was isn't just out one. on that, bro. Like I really, I really was because I was like, wait, hold on, this happened all the fucking time. Like mm-hmm. that's that's crazy in and itself. And I think and, the reason why this one was so infamous is because this is the one like where like one or two incidents would happen like on other plane rides, and that would be it. And it would just be a short flight, like right. okay, from LA to Utah or whatever, right, right? Right. And like that was it. But there was multiple incidents that happened on this one, and like you said, people could have died. So but, I think this is why this one got most of m- the, most of the infamy. But also, I, th- I think what it is too is like where it, it was is like, <clears throat> let's be honest, every other plane that they probably had didn't have an open bar. No, and this one did. Yeah, and I think that's why people remember it so much. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know if you want to just get into it or we, we start talking <laughs> we about it. We probably should. Yeah. We, we don't want to do a words are hard thing. <laughs> we, we don't want to Quentin Tarantino this shit, talk about everything and come back to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might Quentin Tarantino, but um, <laughs> for people who don't know, I mean, I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this episode, you know what the WWF is or right. was at one point. Uh, but what we're talking about is a time period in wrestling called the Attitude Era where it was pretty much like Jerry Springer or Trash TV, if you want to say, where like anything went. And it's also an era during the WWF where Vince McMahon basically bought out all of his competition. Previous... Okay, I didn't... Did you get when he bought any of those other things, those companies? It was around like 2000, 2001. It was around that time though, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I wanted to look that up, but I didn't, so. Yeah, but this is very much in an era where like that had just happened, where before this, like during like the Monday Night Wars, like you had ECW, you had WCW, and you had WWE. So you had all sorts of competition. Right. Well, Vince McMahon, being the shrewd businessman he was, saw that WCW was in trouble, saw that ECW was in trouble, and bought up all the competition, right. thus buying all the rights to every professional, every major professional yeah. wrestling superstar or just star in general yeah, at this honest, time. Yeah. So, I mean, you had people coming back like Ric Flair, uh, Mr. Perfect. Well, I mean, the NWO. The NWO. You know, just, I mean, all, all three of them. So, yeah. So, with that, like, yeah, you get and, a lot of positive stuff, yeah. but then you get a lot of negative baggage as well. Stop talking about ECW like that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's future episodes within ECW to talk yeah, about yeah, there. But, sure. um, uh, but yeah, with that, though, um, when you're within the WWF or WWE system, there's a certain way of life that. Uh, you're expected to be. And you hear that, you know, I, I listen to um, Bruce Pritchard's podcast, Jim Cornette's podcast, and depending on what company you were with, you were with d- dictated how your behavior was. Now, right. Jordan alluded to it, like ECW, they were like the wild boys. Like, mm-hmm. that's where you get like hardcore matches and Japanese death matches and every shit. Every match, too. And not even just like one or two, every fucking match was wild over there. So, Correct. I mean, it's, it, I mean, that's the reason why they're called Extreme World Championship Wrestling or whatever, you know, like Correct. ECW. Like, come on. Everything was extreme when, when it came to them. Yeah, and then a lot of WCW wrestlers that were coming over, like your Scott Halls, or coming back, if you will, mm-hmm. like your Scott Halls, your Mr. Perfects, 
the reason why WCW kind of like went down the toilet is because the prisoners were running the asylum in WCW. So you had a lot of cowboys, if Mm -hmm. you will, coming into the company. Well, but that too, because a lot of them were, a lot of people from WCW were like older wrestlers from WWE or WWF at the time. Correct. So a lot of them were older. So it's like kind of like, like your, your your coach, you know, like they were in another league and now they're just coming back. Mm-hmm. When you're the, which I'm sure a lot of the top dogs in WWF at the time were like, fuck, now I got to deal with you again coming back. Right. You know, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it, yeah. And, it, and we'll get into it, but you had a lot of made men where, right. you know, management's not going to be able to tell them anything because their clout within the business of professional right. wrestling outweighs their little management titles. So, yeah. Um, but with this said, um, just to paint a little backstory on it, uh, every year, you know, the WWE, they always go on this European tour. Mm-hmm. And at this particular time, Jordan said this is in 2002, so May of 2002, uh, the WWE heads on over to a European tour. And the business was booming. Like, this was a time where, you know, wrestling was selling out every arena they were mm-hmm. hitting. Uh, merchandise was flying off the shelves like you would go into long's drug store or whatever and you'd right. find like an nwo shirt or a fucking uh fucking stone cold steve yeah. austin 316 shirt like it was just everywhere in your face so they were making money hand over fist and copper kelly last week who came on uh if you listen to the patreon he said like man he would be broke if he went to all the shows right that, uh, that if they me, came through that kind of tripped me out when he said he only went to one what, he's only been to his first show not too long ago. i was like yeah, yeah he, really he's yeah. within the same age range yeah. as us where it's just like i've lost count how many times i've right. been to shows right but for for people in europe this is like a <clears throat> one time a one time a year yeah. kind of deal it's like christmas for them yeah. whereas us it's like almost every every other month yeah, every and other shit. Weekend. yeah for sure um, so it's very special for them so when the wwe goes over there one they're going to be making a lot of money yeah but at the same time, too, like it's it's almost like a party. It is Christmas and Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and Halloween. Everything rolled up into one when they go on their European tours. Yeah, and especially because like like you you kind of already alluded, it's like everything is being sold out. And it's like they've always said that, or they said even on the um, on the Dark Side of the Ring uh, episode, uh, Mike Kyoto's like, dude, we go there, we, we or not uh, Mike Kyoto, it was uh, uh, AJ Polunko. He's all like, uh, we like going over there because like, dude, they sell out, so the pay's a lot better. And we get a lot more change. Plus, like you said, we're on vacation, so we get to enjoy ourselves and, you know, have a good time, make a lot of money, and then come back. Correct. I mean, who doesn't like that, right? Yeah. Do whatever the fuck you want, make a lot of money, and come back. Like, why not? Yeah. Every night, uh, Mike Kyoto, he did say, you're waking up in, you know, Scotland. The next night, you're waking up in Ireland. You're waking up in this part of uh, Europe and whatnot. Uh, just doing house shows, but yeah. getting paid like it's a fucking pay per view. Like it's, right. <laughs> you know, it's 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 payday fucking every single day, right, or whatever. Right, right. right? It's like you're doing a WrestleMania nightly or whatever, right? Uh, but I this bet all- you the SmackDown roster was fucking so burnt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, because this was just the Monday Night Raw yeah. roster, yeah. huh? Uh, but with that said, uh, this all culminates into the Insurrection pay per view on Saturday, May 4th at Wembley Arena in London, mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, uh, you know, you have, like, all these matches. Let me bring it up here. Oh, I could tell you right away, bro. First match was Eddie Guerrero and... Um, Jesus. I'm over here saying I can do it. But, uh, <laughs> Eddie Guerrero... Eddie, I know Eddie Guerrero was in the first match. and uh, Rob Van Dam. What RVD. And yeah. uh, Eddie Guerrero won the match due to disqualification. Mm-hmm. And actually, they had a really good match. So, like, I, I was telling you the other day, I was, like, I was trying to look at the... Uh, 
matches just to see how the how like I mean obviously get a little little research on this but I'm like how good was wrestling back then like hey, it was pretty it was pretty good man the, it was the, a really good pay per view the the pre show match was Mister Perfect versus Gold Dust right okay. so that tells you how how stacked this right. roster was yeah, especially especially at this time when. <laughs> They were both fucking pretty big stars. Oh, yeah. Mr. Perfect, literally like one of the best wrestlers of all time. Yeah. Both shoot mm-hmm. and kayfabe. Like, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Uh, then you have Trish Stratus versus Trish Stratus and Jackie, who defeated Molly Holly and Jazz. And I'm going to tell you, Molly Holly is was not that good of a wrestler. <laughs> hey, but, but, but Trish, Jackie, and Jazz. Oh, yeah. They, 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 they put on a good show, bro. There you go. Uh, X Pac defeated Bradshaw. Uh, Bradshaw gets Gotham some color. color yeah. yeah, gets busted for open. Those, yeah, I'll say for those people that don't know, I mean, he was he was bleeding. Yeah, his whole that. forehead got uh, cut open. Uh, Booker T defeated Stevie Richards uh, for the hardcore title. Not true. You need to rewatch it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I'm just going but, by Wikipedia. No, 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 but I mean, he did he did win. But I mean, it's a hardcore match. Hardcore. It, the rules in that for hardcore titles, you got to defend it 24 seven, just like the 24 seven belt oh, that okay. was out. Steven Richards ends up getting the belt back. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Well, there you go, Jordan. That's why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff Hardy, in their prime, right? All their faculty still yeah. with them, actually defeat Brock Lesnar and Sean Stadiziak with Paul Heyman in a tag team match. So this is where the, the Brock Lesnar fucking is in a tag team division at this point. No. Uh, so with this match in the storyline, is a, um, so Brock Lesnar was already beefing with the Hardy Boys. Um and he, they they wanted a tag team match, so he just picked this guy, uh, Stasiak, for no reason. And then uh, he's like, you know what, we're just gonna pick you. You stay in your corner, and that's it. And then Brock was all like, I'm gonna handle this type of shit. And he's like, if you come out of that corner, the way I beat you down on Monday Night Raw is gonna be way worse than. W-. And then at the beginning of the match, what happens? Stasiak comes running out of the damn fucking tunnel and runs into the ring and starts the match. Oh, okay. And it was, so Brock was like just pissed throughout the match and. That's that's how they end up storytelling. Yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it was and it was it was great, bro. To be honest, Brock gets hurt because he hits his uh, shoulder into the ring post, and then the other guy tags himself in, and he ends up getting pinned. That's how the Hardy Boys won. But okay, yeah. it, it was it was like you said, it was good storytelling, though, honestly. And then you got Spike Dudley defeating William Regal. Uh, then you have Stone Cold Steve Austin defeating The Big Show, and then the main event you have Triple H the Game defeating The Undertaker. Uh, in a regular singles match at the main event, so it was pretty stacked card. I yeah. mean, anytime like a Stone Cold Steve Austin is like the second last main event, yeah, 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 like you know you got something special, especially on your at, head. especially at that time, like that. That's wild because mm-hmm. Austin was the fucking thing. And then, he was know? the man, yeah. yeah. And here's the thing too, like uh, a lot of uh, like the Dave Melters or whatever. Like I guess they gave the pay per view one and a half stars. So what did you think about that pay per view? No, I, I, I mean. I, I I could watch the pay per view right now. Like it was it was a pretty decent pay per view. The wrestling was really good, and it's like for them to say like um uh like we had we had a good turnout, and that's why we kind of like celebrated on the plane. Like I couldn't I couldn't understand why it, it was really good. Okay, like, I, I thought it was a decent pay per view, and that's the vibe you kind of get too yeah. with the boys when you when I mean, you see all the the documentaries and podcasts uh, and whatever. They're like we had fun on this pay per view. Yeah. It was really successful, and it was time to celebrate. Right, and, and I mean obviously too is like. Who the hell is Steve Richards? Do you know who Steve Richards is? I didn't know who oh, he I was. Know Stevie they, Richards is, yeah, yeah. I didn't know him. And then when I'm like, he's an ECW guy. Yeah, and I was like, who the hell is this guy? Like, <laughs> I didn't know who he was. I, mean, I know who Spike Dudley is. And it's like, even to me, I'm like, why the hell is Spike Dudley in this damn match? You know, well, like, he was big, yeah. And then uh, same thing with uh, 
uh, uh, the guy that Brock Lesnar was his tag team partner. Like, who the hell is this guy? Like, I don't remember him. You know, like it was but, the guy Vince McMahon was trying to get over. Yeah, but but, um, yeah, but I mean, with all of that said, for, for though, everything, but it was still good pay per view. You yeah. know, like and and I like it's crazy because like watching it, I remember that whole match with William Regal and Spike Dudley because he like twists his ankle and then you know William Regal attacks from behind and then he still uh, Spike Dudley still wins and I'm like. Dude, I remember that match. How the hell do I not remember the rest of this pay-per-view? But I remember <laughs> that match while I was watching it. I was like, yeah. Spike Dudley yeah. fan, apparently. I guess. Uh, but Terry Reynolds, she said it best where it was kind of like your varsity football team winning the championship. That's yeah. how the boys felt about this pay-per-view. Yeah. Like, they knocked it out of the park. Uh, they every they got paid well. It was good, bro. So for Dave Meltzer to say it was one and a half stars, that's, that's pretty crazy, bro, because I thought it was pretty decent. I'm going to have to watch it, but... Um, I, I probably watched it way back in the day in Scramble oh, yeah, Vision course, or whatever, <laughs> but but uh, I'd have to go back on Peacock or the network and watch it again. But a lot of people felt good about this, and it was time to go home. So the very next day, uh, April 5th, uh, Vince McMahon and May. Jim Ross. May. Huh? May 5th. Oh, yeah, yeah, May 5th, single <laughs> to Mayo. Uh, they book a private plane. It's a Boeing 757 sports jet charter. Uh, and I guess like this specific is, jet was. Is the 757 um, bigger than the 747? Oh, SB, yeah. Right? Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. And uh, the specific charter was used, I guess it was a company out of uh, Phoenix, Arizona that would charter around like the Phoenix Suns, mm-hmm. the Phoenix Coyotes, basically all the, the Ma- professional. Major sports teams. Yeah, straight out of Arizona. And they made a point to say that like a regular 757 like holds something like 150 seats, uh, but they refurbished this plane. Uh, to be very luxurious. So it's a charter, so you don't have the general public coming in and out. Uh, JR alluded that it, every seat is a first-class seat. Oh, yeah, like there's so. not a bad seat in the house, yeah. and there's actually 50 seats in it uh, because they, they make them bigger and leather, and yeah. I believe the, uh, the, one of the stewardess on the flight, she said, like, the carpet in the plane is actually better than the carpet she's ever had in any house that Ooh, she's ever lived in. It's made by Versace. Yeah, there you no, go. I don't know. <laughs> shit. It might have been. It probably, been yeah. probably the way that people are talking about it, like I heard, like, Xbox talk about it. He was like, it was nicer than, you know, most four-star hotels. Right, right, right. So, I mean, and they said that, you know, that they, they did that because, you know, it was something nice that they wanted to do for the boys. It was right. a way to, to, to make morale high because no, you don't, you don't want to go on this like long to go across the pond mm-hmm. from, uh, from London all the way back to Stanford, Connecticut. That's a seven and a half, eight hour flight. You don't want to go on Delta Airlines and you're no, going right. to be the big show, yeah. fucking 400 pounds, like stuck in the middle of like well, some kid crying on you. <laughs> yeah, afterwards. Yeah. Afterwards, he did. But you know, they did it because you know it was to keep morale high. Right. Low key, it was a good way to write off some tax write offs or whatever. Oh, but, of course, yeah. But if you if you if you sell it like, oh no, we're doing this to for you guys because you knocked that out of the park. It's gonna keep morale high, and morale was fucking high. Uh, that wasn't the only thing high. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only thing high in that fucking plane. Let's tell you that right. Yeah. Away. So, uh, to get into the the beginnings of the plane ride from hell. Uh, it actually, this is where shit starts to hit the fan. Well, I don't know if it, because like, so, I mean, obviously, uh, Terry Reynolds, like she kind of, I guess, started the night before. Okay. Cause I mean, she said that Brock Lesnar just fucking flashes junk at her right away. Yeah, the that's night right. Before. Yeah. So it's like, maybe, maybe, maybe they're already feeling high on themselves. Yeah, there's little, like, yeah. little inklings of it. Yeah. And then like a quick story before we, I guess we get into it. Then I guess, uh, to set the precedence for the vibe that was going to take place yeah. on the plane. 
I guess on one of the flights in between like the countries or whatever, let's just say Germany to London or whatever, right? Vince McMahon was actually trying to shoot wrestle Kurt Angle, Olympic gold yeah. medal winner Kurt Angle mm-hmm. in the airplane while Kurt like woke him up, like trying to like do like an ankle takedown or whatever. And like they were straight up like fucking amateur fighting yeah. on the plane in the air. So so you say that and the, this is the thing that's weird is because he wasn't on the plane. He was. He, they said he. They tried to retrofit it that he wasn't on the plane, but no. he actually was on the plane. So I was. I was looking at, um, or not looking. I was listening to a podcast, and they actually did the research. And he was actually on the SmackDown roster, and he was somewhere in Pennsylvania at the okay. same time. This was, was so. That but was there whole, was plane rides that he was yeah. on, like no, there on was. this tour. No, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, see, and that's that's the thing where I'm like, I'm really confused on like, like, because there's a lot of stories in like that like contradict with another plane is like so how we kind of alluded is like dude this wasn't the only plane ride from hell you know like yeah. there was a lot a lot of different shit because but like, he was on during that tour he was on plane rides uh-huh. and one of the build-up stories to this actual yeah. the one that we're gonna get into uh he was trying to fight kurt angle yeah. the, the boss the guy that owns the, the company, company yeah fucking bill gates they'd be like bill gates trying to fucking <laughs> <laughs> fight one of his employees. I would say Steve Jobs, but I don't even know if that would make. Oh, uh, he'd have to fucking uh, yeah. rise from the yeah. dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of weird. Like, how? Why would you like? And he he paid somebody like a thousand dollars too. Like, hey, bring him over here, so then that way I could take him down. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that that's so weird, but whatever. I guess your ego wants to be there, and he had a big ass ego anyway. So yeah. But that's the environment yeah. that we're dealing yeah, with, yeah, Jordan. Yeah. yeah. So like you said, Terry Reynolds, she's getting Brock Lesnar's beast junk flashed at her and shit. Dude, oh, okay. Before. <laughs> Before that, did you did you hear that Brock Lesnar fucking grabbed um, uh, Jim Cornette's wife's crotch? No. Yeah, he fucking straight grabbed her by the pussy. Oh he, my he god! Donald, like he, he Donald, Donald Trump? He, he Donald Trump, bro. And she was she was like kind of upset because well, obviously, yeah. But uh, 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 she had just got a piercing. So and then he and then he did that, and oh. she's like, "Don't do that, I'm sore." Fuck. And then he squeezed even harder in front of Jim Cornette's face, and I think, but I was like, "Dude, what are you gonna do to fucking Brock, Brock Lesnar? Lesnar like, right? What are you gonna do to him, dude? Like, you call up Kane Velasquez yeah, or like, fucking Uberim or what? You can call up fucking Stephen Neal, bro, so he can whip his ass again." <laughs> but uh, no, bro. Like I was like, "Damn, that's that. What a fucking dick." Yeah. You know, honestly, like that's the way I was thinking. Like, what a fucking dick. Yeah, Brock Lesnar sounds like fucking some too hard to handle. Yeah, whatever, right? He, he could have ran for president and won. <laughs> he probably would have done a better job too uh but i digress on this this is not a political op- episode uh but yeah we don't, need, also- we don't need jesus winters commenting on this <laughs> <laughs> but this all but what starts the actual plane ride from hell is the actual plane ride gets delayed by seven hours yeah. on the tarmac i guess for weather conditions and, and i mean a lot of us all ha- obviously have been on plane rides and it's like if we get delayed it's usually like 30 minutes, an hour, maybe two hours tops. And then, all right, cool, we're on our lovely way to fucking Mexico. I don't know. But, like, we, we go to our destination, and it's, like, seven hours. Mm-hmm. You're on the floor. What are you doing? You know? I mean, everyone probably already is loaded in the plane, you know? Correct. It's having their own seat and stuff. So what are you going to do? Because, to be honest, those seven hours, you should have already been back home in the States. Correct. And uh, with that said, um it's weird that they would have them stay in the plane for seven hours while the plane is on the tarmac. 
because usually I've been in situations like that where, you know, you're playing, you know, they have engine trouble or something and they exit everybody. Usually they exit everybody off the plane and you're usually chilling in the airport for a while. Then Mm -hmm. they call everybody back that, Mm -hmm. you know, we're about to take off in 30 minutes or whatever. Right. The only thing I could think about this, uh, why they did it is because, well, they're celebrities. Yeah, probably. That's literally the only reason why. You don't you want know, fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin getting harassed in fucking the yeah. old London airport. And like, so that, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, and The Undertaker right there and shit. Like, yeah, it, yeah, that's you make a good point there. Uh, but for whatever reason, they're in a tube for seven hours, and they're not going anywhere. You got a bunch of people who are eager to get back home mm-hmm. trapped within a plane, right? So I, I guess tensions are going to be a little high on that. But what do you do to cut the cut the edge off of it a little bit? You start slamming back a few brewskis. Not and a few. <laughs> a few uh, tons of it, apparently. So uh, usually, you know, the on a, an airplane, you know, the, the stewardess, they have like their little cart. Like, mm-hmm. you, want, you want a Coke or do you want a Pepsi? Do you want some coffee or do you want some water? You, you want a chimichanga? Yeah. You, you, you want <laughs> chicken or beef? Show me where you're hiding the torta, cochina. <laughs> <laughs> ask ask uh, Jim Cornette's wife, uh, apparently. But... um. I, I guess they had a whole um, cart like that that was just liquor. Now, we're not talking beer. Not We're talking Milwaukee's best, you know, yeah. brew or whatever. No, we're talking about straight, like, cognac. We're talking about fucking Jose Cuervo. We're talking about Don Julio or whatever shit, right? And and what's, what's crazy is the stewardess, like, she alluded. Okay, so most most plane rides when you go, okay, I, I won't, give me a Jack and Coke. And it's like you get the little shooters. It's like a shot and a half, you know. And, okay, cool. You put it in your coat. On this plane ride, it wasn't just those little those little shooters. They had full size bottles. Correct. And it was loaded. So say let's think about maybe ten bottles on on a cart. Just just th- throwing an estimate out there. Okay, cool. And they finished the cart. Yeah. And then what do they do? They ordered, they ordered another, another one. one. And what do they do that one? They, they finished, finished that one. one. <laughs> and then ordered another one. And they finished, finished that one. one. <laughs> like, so I mean, think about it. Let's, we're just saying thirty bottles, maybe. I mean, it probably was more. That's a, probably a conservative amount. It's pro- I would say. It was probably more. There was ten, probably like on the first level of the car, and then yeah. ten in the middle level, and then ten on the bottom level, if yeah. you will. Uh, but uh, they asked her too. They was like, "Has that ever happened?" They're like, "We've never, never finished a cart. One cart we have never finished, and we went through three <laughs> before the fucking plane even took off." So that tells me that there was another cart ready to go. Yeah. Right? So uh, when I was listening to, because this is, I didn't know that they were still at the airport at the time. Uh, I thought this happened like in the plane. I'm like, well, how the hell did you order another fucking like cart where you're already up in the air? Like that makes no fucking sense. No, but they're on the floor. But they were on the floor when they did this. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, that would, that's, that's insane. Weird. Yeah. Uh, but not only were they drinking a lot, right? I guess a big thing too, uh, and this is why a lot of wrestlers have passed away is because what they like to do during this era is mix their pills with their alcohol Mm -hmm. and uh two drugs i guess that were really in high demand during this time was a thing called ghb which stands for gamma hydroxybutyric acid uh, which is kind of like you get this euphoric feeling uh from it kind of like ecstasy i guess you said and then you put it in alcohol and it makes you feel a little bit woozy or whatever a little bit more relaxed so that's how they're cutting off all this tension and whatever right uh but the really fucked up one was called Halcyon. Halcyon. There you go. Thank you. And uh, this pretty much, and, and they said they said that you could buy this at health food stores. That's weird. Which is weird. I don't know what gym, uh, what uh, what GNC, uh, 
would sell this for whatever benefit in the gym. I don't know if you, you, you fucking need sleep or something to recover your yeah. muscles or whatever. That's why you might sell it. Uh, but it's basically a date rape drug. If you drop this in someone's drink, it, it is pretty much fucking like a roofie, like a rooflin, if you will, yeah, the way they're talking about C, it. baby. You're getting the vitamin D. Yeah, you're getting all the vitamin D. <laughs> D12. <laughs> and we ain't talking about Eminem's fucking uh, group. Rap group? No. You're getting a whole nasty 12. Uh, but basically, it would make you fall asleep. And I guess a lot of wrestlers were using this to get their sleep because they were doing cocaine. They were doing all sorts of uppers. And this is the only way they could go to sleep. And a good prank that the boys loved to do was what's something they would call H-bomb somebody. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you want to tell people. Yeah, that. well, so basically like on, on H-bombing is, uh, you kind of alluded with it with um, it being like a date rape drug, you know? So they would just slip it, slip it into somebody's drink and then obviously they pass out and then you have your way with that person. And and that one thing that they the RVD talked about is like, that's just kind of sort of what they did back in the day. And then listening to other podcast stuff, it's like, dude, they were talking about how they would drop that in local girls' drinks and then have their way with them in the room and then throw them out in the room and that's it. It's like, damn. Like so the bang bus. Yeah, like, damn, you guys are all admitting to rape, bro. Like, yeah. that's fucking wild. And, I don't think RBD was admitting to it. It's just something that he saw. He, Somebody coming but, from ECW. But he, but he said that that's what the boys would do. And a lot of them, like, on even Xbox said it, bro. And it's like, yeah. damn, like, all you guys are fucking rapers, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's fucking wild. Do I do I really yeah. want to look up to you guys now? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's, so basically, like you said, it's, it's like a date rape drug, and, and it, it just basically make they, it makes you pass out for a few hours, or whatever. So mm-hmm. a lot of the guys would do that to other other people on the bus and or the plane, or whatever, and they would basically like ride on them, fucking shave their eyebrows, fucking pluck their pubes. I don't know. <laughs> like, but they, I wouldn't they, be surprised. But they would do whatever the fuck they wanted to, you know? Yeah. Fucking leave yogurt on their shoulders and stuff, you know? Yeah, and we ain't talking about <laughs> fucking play either. Yeah, but, yeah, so that's that's basically the whole whole thing about H-Bomb. And um, that's just, those those are the two main drugs that we know about this, but fuck, Mike Kyoto was throwing out shit I've never heard of him yeah, in my I, life. Yeah, he sounded like he was speaking German to me. <laughs> Uh, but one of the first victims, and I guess this we can start to get into some of the stories of the H bombing on the plane, uh, was Michael Hayes. And uh, for those you know who aren't familiar with you know wrestling, Michael Hayes, uh, he's an old school wrestler from like the sixties and seventies. Yeah, with the Freebirds. Uh, <laughs> then later on, you know, he goes on to be like uh, like a manager. And then, like, you know, once his time on screen kind of, like, goes away, he becomes, like, a manager behind the scenes, right. like an agent that, you know, puts the matches together. Or it's just, just generally just, like, a part of management, if you will, or whatever, right? So, again, management. Think of your direct supervisor <laughs> or whatever, right? So somebody, we don't know who, H-bombs his drink. And then for whatever reason, before he passes out, he's slurring. He's doing all sorts of weird things. Uh, one story has that has it that he went to go pee and this, he actually, that's fucking wild. Yeah. And he goes up to Linda McMahon. The Vince, boss. Vince McMahon's wife. Which and, Vince McMahon is the boss. Correct. <laughs> and starts to whip out his dick and imagine start to you, pee on her. Imagine you doing this. Think about what would happen. Your ass would be fucking fired. Yeah. And probably catch a case and like. Yeah. yeah. So, I'd I mean, still be in jail. Yeah. Like, but anyway, somebody stops her. Let's just say it was X-Pac. Let's say X-Pac had a, you know, a altruistic moment or whatever but somebody stops him from pissing on fucking linda mcmahon and i'm just assuming that linda mcmahon was taken into catnap or whatever right right hopefully 
uh, but somebody stops him from peeing on her. Uh, but before he, you know, goes back to his seat, he sees uh, Bradshaw. Bradshaw, who is passed out. He's trying to catch some Z's uh, f- with a big old cut in his forehead, and just proceeds to just give him a big old wallop right in the forehead and rebust open this fucking cut on his face. Blood is dripping all over his three piece suit because I think this is like when he's JBL, where yeah, he's like yeah. the stock. no, no, no. He was he was still. Uh, in the accolades. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was the accolades. At but I heard that like he had like this very nice yeah. Versace suit on or whatever. Right. Blood's getting all over the, the him and all over Farouk, I guess, apparently, and all over the nice leather fucking cowhide seat that he's yeah. in. Bradshaw being the fucking... Fucking behemoth of a man, fucking six foot five, 295 pounds or whatever. Fucking like, temper of fucking... Why, why, first of all, why the fuck would you fuck with the guy like that? Yeah, that's one of the last people you would want to fuck with. Maybe X-Pac or whatever, one of the... Sp- right. Or Spike Dudley, yeah, if you exactly, will. exactly, exactly. But JBL's like, after after Brock, like, he's the next tier down of somebody you don't want to fuck with. Fucking busts him open. He's bleeding like a stuck pig. <laughs> Bradshaw jumps up immediately and I thought it like he punched him out the way no. like some of the people said. Slapped him. Fucking Nick Nate Diaz stalked and slaps him and knocks him out. Yeah. <laughs> and the boys put him back in his seat. If they're they're gonna end up putting him in fucking Dana White's new a uh, slap competition fucking show or whatever because <laughs> like dude like with a with a, one slap like that and just knocks that out. I mean maybe the H bomb fucking helped out a little bit, but yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty vicious, bro. Night night. Yeah. Um, but everybody on the plane stands up and starts applauding because I guess at this time nobody, none of the boys liked fucking Michael Hayes. Yeah, because he, I mean, at this time a lot of them felt like because I don't know if he was the head of a uh, talent relations or if that was just JR's and he was like co, but like he did a lot of the booking. Uh, uh, Michael Hayes did, so a lot of the boys felt like okay, he's throwing me down on the card or he's doing this. And I mean, to be honest with you, Sean Wayne was not that great of a wrestler, but yeah. Uh, that's, that's a different podcast, I guess. But, you know, it's like, he that's how a lot of people felt, you know, that he was just throwing them down. And it's like, when you get thrown thrown down, it's kind of like fucking woo-woo-woo, uh, fucking Zack Ryder, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. nobody even, no one's going to look at you and remember you and know who the hell you are. So that, that's kind of how these guys felt. But it's like, dude, if you look at it, the fucking cards, or not the cards, but the, the rosters are just so stacked, you know. Yeah. It's like, I mean, think about it. Kurt Angle is fucking was a top star, and he say he or Eddie Guerrero opening match, bro. Like, mm-hmm. and how big of a star he was. Like, mm-hmm. dude, that tells you how fucking stacked these rosters were. Yeah. Like, so I mean, but I mean, it adds to the tension. So X Pac being the <laughs> the hero that he wanted to be to make his name, uh, he jumps behind uh, Michael Hayes as he's passed out or knocked out in his chair. And he's playing with his ponytail, and I guess he had, like, some scissors, and he's going all over the top saying, you know, like like it was brass knuckles, like how they get all over Like William Regal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How they're all extra with it, like pulling it out of their, their trunks and whatnot, and pretending like he's going to cut off the, the ponytail, but everybody on the plane's like, do it, do it, do it. You know uh, what's crazy about that is, uh, who's to say that Vince McMahon didn't order him to go do it? You know, I mean, he fucking, he just, he almost pissed on my wife. Yeah. Go, go cut that shit off. Yeah. yeah he's already like, knocked out. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, he. And it, it's I, early 2000. What you doing with a fucking mullet ponytail? It's believable. It, yeah. it, I mean, it's very believable though. Like, go cut his shit off because, you know, motherfucker almost pissed on my wife. Bro. I mean, two nights ago, he was fucking uh, wrestling Kurt Angle up right. in the air. So who right. knows? He could have, yeah. right? Yeah. So anyways, Xbox playing with uh, Michael Hayes' ponytail mullet. And to think about it, this shit just happened after 9-11, so how the fuck were scissors on the plane? Exactly. But it was a charter plane, yeah. so you know TSA wasn't in there. Right. So 
everyone's egging X-Pac on to cut his ponytail off. And what does X-Pac do? Cuts that motherfucker straight off. Snip. And the whole fucking plane erupts like Messi just won the fucking World Cup like he did 30 minutes ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> As we're recording this podcast. So that's Michael Hayes' story. Uh, the next story we'll get into is Kurt Henning slash Mr. Perfect. Again, like I alluded to at the beginning of this podcast, there was a lot of uh, talent that came over from WCW that were WWE guys back in the day. Yeah. And what Mr. Perfect was known for back in the day was being the ultimate river. All, I mean, there's no other way to put it, man. This guy did everything. Like We, we talked about the whole H-bombing thing where you know the shave off eyebrows. and This guy would do it without the H-bomb. He didn't give a damn. You're mm-hmm. asleep. I'm I'm messing with you, bro. Like that's just how it was, you know. And like you said, the ultimate river. So who does this guy mess with? <laughs> the man on your shirt, Mr. Brock, Brock Lesnar. Lesnar. Like, dude, and, and like we talked about, you don't fuck with Bradshaw. And who do we say before that? Brock, Brock Lesnar. Lesnar. And this motherfucking guy's six five, two hundred and eighty pounds. Solid muscle. Maybe Correct. maybe three percent body fat on him. Yeah, but thicker than a Snickers. Yeah, though. And it's like Dude, I'm definitely not fucking with that guy. But, you know, Mr. Perfect didn't care, and he did what he wanted. And to, and to, to Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hanning's, uh, uh defense, he was just as big as uh, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And Brock Lesnar, he got his pedigree being, you know, an amateur wrestler mm-hmm. in college. Same thing with Kurt Hanning. Yeah. They were both Minnesota boys. So they kind of had, like, this friendly rivalry that people were saying mm-hmm. that were, like, they would mess with each other. So it was kind of friendly. Uh, but what kind of tipped it over the edge was is that Scott Hall, uh, already kind of drunk and you know losing some of his faculties, <laughs> yeah. uh, and Mr. Perfect were going around the plane putting shaving cream on people's heads while they were sleeping and then slapping the shit out of them. So uh, I don't I don't know if it was on this plane on this plane or not, but I heard Kurt Henning did that to Big Show as well. Oh shit! But I don't know if it was on this plane ride or, yeah, it had to or be a different, different one. one. <laughs> but it's like, dude, can you? Big Show is fucking what? Six, seven. six, nine? No, he's seven feet. Seven feet, 400 pounds. Like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way I'm doing that shit to him, bro. Stronger than a Mack truck, too. And, and he was fit at the time, so it's like, god damn, yeah. you know? Like, I, I would have never, never. <laughs> yeah. So Brock Lesnar immediately wakes up after getting slapped the shit out of with uh, shaving cream all over his face. And they begin kind of play fighting in the aisles, right? Yeah. And the way everybody talks about it is like it was nice and friendly at first, but being the two competitors that they were, everyone started picking up pace. Yeah, they they started shoot fighting, so they were actually trying to like do like shoot you know wrestling moves on each other inside the plane. I guess uh, uh, Kevin Nash and uh, his wife and whoever else was on the plane in, in that aisle had to move out of the way because him and Kurt Henning were going to be wrestling on, on top of them, on them and shit. And they t- described that, you know, that seats were being broken, you know, like uh, Brock would throw uh, Kurt Henning across like the, the fuselage right. and then, the you know, the chair would come off of its hinges. And then what really started to get scary was is they started wrestling by the emergency exit door. Now, anybody that's ever been in a plane, that latch right there, that big red latch right there, if you pick that up, you're going out the door, right? Yeah. Apparently, or whatever. That's right. what they thought. Yeah. Uh, but they're slamming each oh, other gross. against I, that door. I thought it too, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still kind of think it every time I'm on a plane. But yeah, yeah like I don't want to sit by that door. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It's like <laughs> I don't. I don't. I mean, like like we were talking about, Brock Lesnar's that big, and Kurt Hennig's just as big. I mean, a, yeah. little, a little more chubby. The, you know, the, they're looking at 300 pounds, yeah. right? Both of them each, six five. Each, yeah. Each of them, and it's like okay, and you see this door, and. I mean, let's be honest, it's a fucking door, you yeah. know? So 
it opens. I mean, and they're up in the air at this point. Yeah, and they're up at thirty thousand feet, guys. And I mean, <laughs> I get scared fucking at ten feet. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you're thirty thousand feet. Not Can knowing. you imagine just six months after, or a few months after nine eleven? Yeah, that fu- let, let's say that fucking emergency door fucking opens and shit. Right. And a whole plane full of Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker, Brock Lesnar, Vince McMahon, apparently, or not apparently, fucking bust open and they all fucking fall out of it. Or die or whatever, yeah. Like, Dude, that would be... I'm not as big as 9-11, obviously, yeah. but that would be fucking... The day... They talk about the day the music died. That'd be the day that fucking wrestling died yeah, we, right there. Yeah, we all would have been seeing fucking La Bamba. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Donna. <laughs> No, like, dude, like, so, like I said, even myself, like, you would think, okay, that door can open, but apparently this door cannot open, but, I mean, with these guys being so big, they actually are wrestling, and they hit the door. Everyone's freaking out, left and right, like, holy shit, what the hell's going on? And at this time, like, there's, like, everyone let them do what they want, because, I mean, they were just bullshitting, but the stewardess was trying to break them up, the... Even, even even the the pilot came out and was trying to break one and nobody can do it and obviously we said Vince McMahon's on on this plane ride Vince didn't do nothing he just let them do what the fuck they wanted or whatever mm. and I mean, maybe he was taking a nap I don't know but it's like okay he didn't do nothing to the owner it's like all the other major players were trying to break him up and then once this happened then everyone was like oh fuck that like yeah we're breaking we're making sure this doesn't it's happen, one thing right? if the chair breaks but yeah. if the fucking door or just the wall to the plane breaks at all like and they're over the atlantic ocean yeah. that's all she fucking wrote yeah. right there so i guess it was the undertaker triple h and i think jr one, jr uh had to intervene and tell him to sit down and knock it off because i think at that moment they realized what the fuck they were doing and then Mike Kyoto's like, you go to your corner. You go to your corner. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> He's all there fucking trying to slip an H-bomb in, in their mouth. <laughs> Someone H-bomb fucking Brock Lesnar over here, okay? <laughs> uh, but things settle down for just a bit. Mind you, this is an eight-hour plane ride, and this is just hour one or whatever, right? right? As they're up in the air. Yeah, uh, and that's wild because if they got all the alcohol in them on the ground, like, what I mean, they didn't do this shit the seven hours that they were delayed. No, and then they they're like, oh fuck, you know what? Let's just do this shit in the air. Like, yeah, that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> the devil will play. And not even just that. Everything happened while they were in the air instead of on the floor. So, mm-hmm. so everyone's kind of the way the the narrative is is everyone kind of just chills out, right? Mm-hmm. Like we almost had it nine eleven part two or the day the music died part two or whatever. So everyone kind of chills. <laughs> Everyone chills out for a bit and people start to fall asleep. So what happens? Fucking Dustin Runnels or Dustin Rhodes, gold dust, if you will, jumps on the PA and starts singing a David Allen Coe song. So I don't know who David Allen Coe is, but uh, apparently he's like an old fucking country music star. I I, I don't know. (laughs) I think think it's Zoe Bowie or whatever that guy's name is. Jesus. Let us know. <laughs> anyway, start singing a song called Pledging My Love to You. And he starts singing to his ex-wife, 
Terry Reynolds, the the lady that got hurt. Oh, fucking beautiful at the time. Oh Holy yeah, dying shit! Piece. How the hell did he pull that? Yeah. Well. Oh, speaking of, uh, about Terry Reynolds, on the pay per view, she fucking showed her puppies. No way. Yeah. Oh well, wow. Not oh not fully, but I mean, she was still in lingerie. But like, yeah, on the episode, she was uh, or on the pay per view, she's like, I think she's talking to Jazz, and she goes, or no, she's talking to Molly Holly. She's like, you're just mad because you don't have these, and oh wow, open them up. Yeah. So this yeah. was the attitude era. Yeah. Oh, she was. Oh my God. She's she was such a dime piece at this time, bro. So, got a Woody just looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't blame Goldust well, for well, wanting he, to sing the song to he's her. He's also then. an ugly bastard. So that's what I'm saying. How the hell did he pull that? So, hey man, you got to go. He got the golden stick. I guess. I was like, oh, at this time, this was like when Trish Stratus had just got done doing Playboy too. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't know that either. I didn't know she did Playboy. But I know what we're gonna yeah. be doing after the show. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, he jumps on the the intercom and starts singing this, you know, heartbreaking love song to his ex-wife, uh, Terry Reynolds. Now, you know, Terry Reynolds, obviously, she is on the Dark Side of the Ring documentary. And I can only imagine this is your ex-husband. Obviously, he's in pain. He's hurting. And, you know, he, he wants his dying piece back, right? Yeah. And, you know, everybody was just, like, waking up, I guess. And she's, like, slumping down in her seat. And she looks at Paul Heyman, who is also in management at this time, right? And he tells her, "Don't, don't sell it. Don't, don't say anything. Just, just let him embarrass himself. Right. I know you're embarrassed right now that your ex-husband's, you know, singing this song to you over the PA, and every all eyes are on you guys right now. But just, just don't, just don't make a scene. Let him embarrass himself, if you will. Yeah. Um. I mean, uh, I guess that, that was a thing too that they they were trying to tell Terry Reynolds because there's other other incidents that happened like to her, like like I was telling you, like Brock Lesnar like flashed himself in front of her the night before uh, at the pay per view and stuff." And even Dustin Rhodes told her, which is her ex-husband, was in the room with her and was like, don't sell it. Don't yeah. sell it. So it's basically, it's just, don't don't show emotion. Don't. It is what it is. Just let it play out mm-hmm. type of shit. We know you're getting sexually assaulted, basically, yeah. but don't tell anybody about it. Keep yeah. your mouth shut. Yeah, and, and that, that's kind of how, how, how things were back in the day, you know? Just don't say nothing. Let everything just go, yeah. you know? And, um. I mean, kind of sucks, you know. I mean, I would have fucking hated to be a girl. Yeah. I mean, even, even, I mean, even to this day, like where you know the people are more open, but like I would have fucking definitely hated to be a, a female back then. Yeah. But uh, uh, to the to this point, I guess Dustin Rhodes, uh, he's singing the he's singing the song, and uh, the stewardess is trying to get the mic back from him and can't get the mic from him. It's tr- trying as hard, and and I guess the the the, the story is like. I guess people wouldn't have mind if this guy fucking had a voice with uh, Fergie and Jesus, but uh, he was more like uh, if his voice was golden as well. Yeah, well, that's what I said, like Fergie and Jesus, yeah. but uh, Step Brothers reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess he was more like She um, Bangs, She Bangs, William Hung. <laughs> William Hung. I should think of his name, but yeah, the yeah, guy yeah. from American Idol, and it was like, I guess he he just was not that lovely on the mic, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, everyone was kind of pretty pissed off at, at Dustin Rhodes for doing this or. Gold does for doing this because everybody was asleep at the time. The plane ride finally fucking calmed down, mm-hmm. and th- this happened. So everyone uh, was kind of mad, and the only way that the uh, stewardess was able to get the mic back, Jr. Th- he, well, Jr. But he passed out. Yeah. Uh, Goldust passed out while he's singing the song. So can you imagine like how much even worse? Like we know when we're drunk and fucked up, like we start speaking gibberish. I, I can only imagine, like, okay, he already sings bad, and then he's like, and just yeah. fucking knocks out, like, yeah, that's drunk, all bad, bro. Drunk karaoke and shit. <laughs> he was like, pulling the Jesus one, just. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, but Goldust's story doesn't necessarily end there. Apparently, before this incident took place, uh, one of the other uh, stewardess on the plane, I guess her name is Terilyn Capillon, he told her straight up, you know, as he was, you know, getting drunk, he says, he goes, later on in this flight, I'm going to fuck you. Um, So, I mean, because they kind of, like in the WWE uh, version of the plane ride from hell, like the cartoon that they made out of this, it's so wild that they made a cartoon for kids of this, right? right? A fucking 15-minute show. Yeah. Yeah. That he's he's straight telling you know uh, one of the stewards like we're gonna fuck tonight or whatever right, and then also too, you know as he was like in and out of consciousness I guess he was chewing, and instead of like you know using a water bottle or a spittoon or what or whatever if you will was, he was using the back that little little fucking pocket in front of his seat as a spittoon. I don't so, to me like for everything that happened on this flight I don't know why that was like, like portrayed so much bro like. He was fucking spinning on the ground. Like, who cares? You know? <laughs> What's well, a fucking like, luxury but, plane? But, like, that was such a big topic, like, for them to go over. And I'm like, fuck, I came on that seat the other day. You know, like, like let's be honest. Like, come on, there's way, much, they, there's way more worse things that happen on this plane. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, that's what you're going to fucking go on and make it seem like Dustin Rhodes was a bad person because he spit on the plane? Like, relax. Dude. He, well, he, he got drunk. He sang to his wife that's really it you know like he didn't do nothing bad and even that's not bad fuck i seen everybody when i'm sober and drunk you know like (laughs) i just i i I didn't get like how it was like well i think you need like a mid card of the story to kind of soften some of the blows for sure right but to get into a hard blow here um i was gonna save this story for last but it kind of all organically flows into each other so after that debacle, you know, everyone's back us is awake and aware and whatnot, right? Woo! We're probably like an hour, two, or three. Uh, Ric Flair, being the party boy that he is, was, and forever will be, uh, does what's called the robe trick. So what this is, guys, is Ric Flair, he'll go into the bathroom. And apparently he did this for years, like yeah. on the road, like in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. And, you know, when he was 20, 30, 40 years old, mm-hmm. uh, he's very much... I think he's like late fifties, early sixties at this I think, time. I think he's sixty at this time, so which yeah. means he's like fucking almost eighty now, guys. <laughs> I mean, this is two thousand two, so I mean, yeah, yeah. So he's about eighty now. Correct. Yeah. So he's he's very much he's. 60 I'm gonna look years that old. up while you're talking. T- telling. So, anyways, he does what's called the robe trick. So what he does is he goes into the bathroom, uh, he changes out of his clothes, and he gets into his ring gear. And by his ring gear, I mean just his robe and nothing but his robe, right? And he comes out. He's 73. 73. Okay. So he's probably in his mid-50s at this time. 53. 20 years ago. So he goes up and down the aisle, you know, doing his woo, you know, his little strut dance. And then all of a sudden, you know, the high spot, to borrow RVD's word is, is that he opens up his robe and there's nothing on underneath. Only him and his gyrating hips doing the helicopter with, I guess, apparently his humongous dick. Yeah. Supposedly he has a fucking uh, hammer on him, you know? Yeah. Like like, like on a... uh, the longest yard you need to hit him over the head with that hammer <laughs> when they took <laughs> Gold, they took over and then fucking they give him an, a, a knee pad for a fucking cup <laughs> <laughs> supposedly this guy has a fucking gigantic one or something yeah. I don't know and it makes it into the cartoon that the WWE yeah, makes that, about it as well 
<laughs> and they just sell it as like, oh, it's just it's just the that's boys. Just, being, that's just Ric Flair, you yeah. know. Which he, I mean, plays into his character. He, even even Tommy Dreamer covered that. Like, oh, that's just what Rick does, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, so I guess like nobody thought that was a big deal, you know. But mm-hmm. I mean, if you really think, it, it, to be honest with you, Jordan, I'm liberal as shit, or whatever, right? Like, if Ric Flair did that and it was just a bus or a plane, would have laughed about it. Yeah, we all would have laughed about yeah. it. But you have an airplane full of people's wives. Yeah. Uh, I still would have laughed about it. I I mean, I would have laughed, but at the same time, I think there's a time and place for it. And I think where Ric Flair fucked up is like you have people's wives, you have female talent, like you said, Trish Stratus, who's very much not like this at all. Uh, You know, Terry Reynolds, uh, all these other female wrestlers. And then you got like seamstresses and uh, agents too. Stephanie McMahon is probably on there. makeup artists and shit. Linda McMahon and whatnot. So it's not just the boys. Like you have, it's very much a family affair. And Ric Flair's doing this or whatever, right? For the boys, because yeah. I guess this is something that he would do yeah, to raise spirits. Yeah. So I guess also like there's a story where uh, Ric Flair one time it was it was snowing somewhere and he was staying at um, the Marriott. I don't know. It was it was it was a more fancier hotel and everyone else stayed at the Travel Lodge. Fucking broke broke <laughs> hotel. But unless you want to sponsor this podcast, then we like Travel Lodge. But no, there you go. <laughs> but uh, no, so I guess it's more like 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 lower class. Well, I guess it was snowing and Ric Flair. Whatever girl he was hooking up with, because this guy hooked up with fucking multiple girls every night, every show, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, He went over to the travel lodge and he would bang on everybody's door. And when everyone came out, you know, he flashed himself and flashed the girl. And that's just something he did. And he would do this every night. And yeah, like I said, it, it was more normal to them. You know, mm-hmm. for him, for him to for him to do something like this, but for someone that doesn't know him, like the stewardess, correct? Who who said that? Like she was just what was it? Like she had just given I birth know. to one of her children. Everything happened to her on this plane. I'm yeah. roll, rolling eye emojis. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, there was another yeah. stewardess that he did this to, I yeah. guess, as well. But what we're alluding to is is you know after you know he went up and down the aisles, you know, helicoptering his penis, you know, at everybody at RVD at Terry Reynolds and <laughs> some fucking jazz <laughs> and Spike Dudley, <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin, Linda McMahon, Vince McMahon, doing doing it to everybody, whatever, right? I guess he trapped each It was like stewardess. Dancing Bear. You know what Dancing Bear is? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he trapped the stewardess, each stewardess, I guess and it's called the galley, like where like the kitchen's at, right. like where the food and the drinks are stored right. at traps them and starts you know doing the helicopter just just right there in front of them like mm-hmm. you know just almost nose to nose where we're standing and whatnot mm-hmm. and like i according to them takes their hand and forces them to touch his dick while he's helicoptering or whatever right, right? and i guess rvd um he he co-signs that story as well uh, but the stewardess that's on the Dark Side of the Ring episode, uh, Heidi Doyle, right. she very much, she's telling, I mean, you get uh, Tommy Dreamer's version of it, which is very joyous and like, oh, it's just something that Rick did for the boys. But then you get Heidi Doyle's side of it, and you could very much tell, like, it, it's something it that her. fucked her yeah. up yeah. really bad. Yeah. And then, I mean, I know this is big in culture now with cancel culture and whatnot, where, you know, some sections like to automatically believe the victim and some like to victim shame the victim and say yeah. like, oh, no, it was she probably was asking for it or whatever. Right. Yeah. Or that she's making it up. Uh, but when Rob Van Dam kind of co-signs the story, that's where like I'm like, kind of like, oh, shit. Like, right. There's some merit to what's going right. on here. Right. And I mean, people talk about like what he did. I mean, he should have been locked up and probably should still be locked up to this day for him basically sexually harassing this this lady assault yeah so i mean i don't know i mean obviously we weren't there so i don't know if he like really told her like to to grab his shit but he might have but to be honest this guy like i just alluded he fucking 
got poutine whatever the fuck he wanted so it's like so in his mind he thought yeah, it was okay yeah. but like you said you got to be aware of your and again three carts of fucking alcohol right, or whatever right. right and that's why like that's a probably never happened again afterwards yeah. where it's like in your mind you think that it, you, you think you're like you're living the gimmick like everybody wants you but sometimes that's not the fucking yeah. reality of it and like i and said the, and that's the thing too they they i mean to go a little off topic but they say Flick, Ric Flair was the gimmick in his normal day life. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he just always, he was always that way. And he's he's still that way now. And mm-hmm. like we, I just said, he's 73 years old and this guy still fucking is the... There's, my girlfriend still sends yeah. me TikToks of like Ric Flair at a bar and mm-hmm. fucking in fucking Tuscaloosa or whatever. And yeah. he's fucking, hey, everybody. Yeah. You know, he's like chucking and jiving and yeah. stuff and like trying to flirt with a 23-year-old bartender and yeah. shit. And what kind of gives it credibility to that as well is you remember like when Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair were beefing the first time Mm -hmm. where he grabs Becky Lynch and fucking kisses her and Becky like in real, this is why Charlotte and her like have real life beef now where Becky was like, what the fuck just happened? Like this wasn't in the fucking plans like for you to fucking just straight up kiss me or whatever. And like, he kind of like brush it off as like, well, I'm Ric Flair. You should want me to kiss you kind of thing. And Becky's like, nah, fuck that. Yeah, That little little cocky ass attitude that he has and shit. But like we said, it was a stick. In fucking professional wrestling, which wrestling's not fake, guys, but it, it's it's scripted, you know, and it's yeah. like he just lived that gimmick through his regular day life, mm-hmm. and it's like you can't turn Ric Flair off no more. Mm-hmm. And, and he says that himself. He goes, "It is who I am now," and that's it. You Pretty know? much, yeah. Um, and I'm sure we could. I mean, that that could be its whole topic into itself. Well, yeah, because we we can actually cover the topic and stay <laughs> stay on. <laughs> topic (laughs) (laughs) welcome back uh but anyways uh we'll get into the repercussions or non-repercussions of it uh later uh but pretty much uh the way they get rick flair to stop enter gold dust back into the story the same guy that was drunk and passed out on the on the microphone yeah i guess he re re accommodated the microphone and tells rick flair he came up like undertaker (laughs) (laughs) and i think because i guess a lot of people were saying like rick you need to lay off the women or whatever right you need to stop doing it like undertaker couldn't do it triple h couldn't do it but dusty or dusty Rhodes, uh gold dust was able to tell him to stop was Mm. able to, to get him to stop because I think of that relationship that uh, Dusty Rhodes, yep. which you know Goldust, that's that's his father, that, yeah. uh, had with Ric Flair that made Ric Flair be like, you know what? Yes, I need to calm my ass down and sit yeah. down, and go sit next to my wife. No, and, and, <laughs> and, and, I, and honestly, I fully agree with you on that because I I think that's the only reason why, and, and because Dusty and Ric were pretty really really close, and they they grew up in fucking AWA with each other coming up, you know. So Correct. it's like they they knew each other for probably 30 years before that you mm-hmm. know so yeah that relationship they had that's probably why because like this is one of my friend's sons like i need okay, it i need yeah. to, i need to yeah I need to come the fuck down you know yeah yeah because he was fully in the gimmick or whatever right um and then i guess to to go into it and i th- like you said with gold dust i thought that like this was kind of uh, like they spent a lot of time on this and i didn't understand why uh, but I guess Scott Hall. Well, there's one incident. <laughs> Never mind. I can't say. I don't know why. But Scott Hall, yeah. uh, Razor Ramon, if you will. Um, surprisingly, a lot of people, if you know him, he is notorious for having a se- or had a severe alcohol and drug problem. Yeah. I mean, there was there was uh, segments where he was legitimately drunk or passed out on live television that's how bad yeah, his no, alcoholism he, he, was. He, he was an addict bro and, and and like you said it wasn't it wasn't just alcohol he was an addict to drugs as well so i mm-hmm. mean 
he he was really bad. It, I mean, thankfully later on in his life, you know, he ended up finding DDP yoga or whatever, and he got off the bullshit. But and he was, I think, before he passed away, I think he was like fifteen years clean, correct, which is fucking great, you know, amazing, yeah. But uh, it all co- caught co- up co- with but him. But yeah. to compare to like who this person was at this time, I mean, the guy might have had a fucking little sore knee, and he just popping pills back you know and it it, it didn't matter you know any any little thing anything he saw he was taking it and and he admits to shit like that it's like damn i'm surprised you didn't die a long time ago (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's a miracle i mean there's a topic within that too with scott hall i guess like he actually killed somebody before he got into wrestling i I wanted to bring that up but yeah but uh yeah i guess he was a body he was a bodyguard somewhere down in miami and uh yeah he he killed a man yeah straight he 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 ray Ray lewis the person yeah (laughs) (laughs) but he he, but he did talk about it uh but heidi doyle and her heidi doyle again one of the stewardess like i said this this that's just what gets me is everything happened to her well i think she was the only one willing to talk because there was uh the terrilyn uh capillon i guess she was she's I mean, I get it why she wouldn't want to talk, uh, but I guess a lot of wrestlers um, were, were doing stuff I, to her I, as I well. Guess, I guess the way I feel is like, I know there's more than just two stewardess. You can't tell me that you guys are the only ones that something happened to, you know? And and it's just funny how every story happened with you. you well, know, I think that, that's that's my thing on it. And I but. get that; it's fair. But I think it's just that there there was just the two stewardess on that flight, mm-hmm. and I think that because we'll get into like the repercussions of this and whatever later, but I think it's just the documentary. They only interviewed Heidi because she was the only one that was vocal about it. I'm sure, you know, somewhere down the line, you know, Tara Lynn, she'll have like her side of the story, but I guess, I mean, being a, for her being a victim, like she's not ready to talk about it or maybe not ever ready to talk about it. And maybe that's probably why you're only getting Heidi's side of it. But I guess, uh, with Scott Hall, you know, as, you know, they're, I guess, let's say six hours into the flight or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. It's breakfast time. She, uh, Scott Hall has been passed out for God knows how how much longer. They, uh, I guess Mr. Perfect H-bombed him after they were doing, like, their <laughs> shaving cream thing or whatever. And, like, he's on the plane. He's in and out of consciousness. Uh, but Heidi checking up on him was like, hey, you know, breakfast is, you know, getting ready to be served. Uh, do you want eggs? Do you want bacon? Do you want, you know, toast? What, what do you want? You would basically whatever, right? And I guess like Scott Hall in a drunken stupor, he reaches over and he says, I'm going to lick your pussy. And then like, just like grabs her Man, shirt. that was a good Scott Hall voice. <laughs> that wasn't even my it good was, one. It wasn't even bland, but that was good. And he grabs her shirt and I guess like start, the buttons start to like try to almost pop off. And then like he's like trying to like lick her face and whatnot. And by, well, the way I guess she said it was is that like he passed back out. Yeah. And if he didn't pass back out, he would have at least assaulted her Absolutely. in some way or another. Yeah. But there, I don't want to say I want to say this, though. I said I don't know why Scott Hall's story was so like uh, heavily covered, but I forgot about that story. So I wanted to put the cart in front of the horse on that. Yeah, yeah. But with Scott Hall, given everything that we just said, for most of the flight, minus the little part that I just said and the part with him and Kurt Henning shaving, creaming yeah. people, uh, he was asleep pretty much throughout the whole flight. And I guess people were afraid because they thought he actually died on the flight due to him. Oh, that was afterwards too. Yeah. Him not being responsive once the, the plane touched on the ground. And I guess Just Incredible said that like, oh, we had to throw fucking sunglasses on him. I had to get his passport out yeah. as we were going through customs. And we weren't like, sure if he was going to make it or not. I was like, just, just incredible. I was like, wasn't it AJ Polonka was the same fucking guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds better yeah, to say yeah, just no, incredible. Does, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like 
like you said earlier, like it's surprising that Scott didn't die. I guess he, I mean, he apparently died like maybe six months mid, ago. Mid-flight. Uh, like, mid <laughs> <laughs> like maybe six months ago as yeah. we recorded this podcast yeah, yeah, in 2022. Not, not too long ago. Um, but people legitimately thought Scott Hall died on this yeah, flight. Yeah, um, which is crazy because like while, I mean, like you said, people thought he died in, and uh, Justin Kerbals, he has him in a wheelchair and you're coming over from a different country every time you come over from a different country you gotta go through u.s customs correct obviously make sure that that uh you're not bringing nothing over illegal like my family um (laughs) (laughs) they're not bringing something over illegal or the family themselves isn't illegal everything all all of the above (laughs) but you know like you you gotta go through u.s customs and usually with this you gotta give them your passport you gotta fucking or your birth certificate whatever, whatever the way it is and you gotta check in um I guess when uh, Justin Kerbal's wheelchairing him, wheelchairing him over, uh, he just says that uh, uh, Scott Hall is just kind of like asleep or whatever, but he gives mm. him the passport and everything and just whatever. But even at this time, nobody knew like if he was still dead or not. He just said, we need to get his ass over. Correct. You know, which is really fucking crazy. And we've all been there. We're maybe carrying a dead uh, a, a, a dead body <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> a drunk girlfriend or something like that and our drunk friend in general yeah and the dead weight we know how heavy it, it is you know just Scott Hall 6 7 250 yeah. yeah you know and it's like okay you could have a 100 pound girl right there or a friend or whatever and it's like that dead weight is fucking ridiculous you know uh, i mean i have i have a daughter and when she's asleep she's asleep and it's fucking heavy i'm sure your son is too which is he's only two maybe 35 pounds you know at the most it's like it but it's different when they have no resistance no reflect Mm -hmm. like you know reaction gravity is real despite what what's his name that ufc fighter (laughs) oh shit i forgot his name i'm I'm, I'm all confused like he lost last week oh fuck i forgot his name redneck dude war machine I'll figure it out later, yeah. but uh. but yeah. So it's like you, you, we all, like I said, we've all been there. We've all had to carry somebody with a dead weight. So imagine having, to, like you said, six, seven, two fifty, and throwing them on a wheelchair. Like I don't know if Justin Kerbal did this by himself because if he did, holy shit, this guy's strong. He yeah. is incredible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm and, sorry, Michael Hayes pushed you yeah. down on the card. And let, let's be honest, like every plane you get on, if you don't know, they have fucking uh, uh, stairs. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure, and this is a charter plane, so I'm sure that they had a. Chair, uh, walk down the stairs before they got on the like uh, the Beatles and shit. Yeah, yeah. and then had a had a wheel him over. So I was like carrying his big ass down that whole time. So like I said, I don't know if he did it by himself, but if he did, holy shit! Yeah, shout yeah. out to him, man. That's <laughs> that's why you made it on the documentary. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you need to be in the Hall of Fame just for that, <laughs> just for that, right? If fucking Logan Paul makes it, then you sure as fuck need to make it as well. Yeah, so. and, and it's just crazy. Like I said, um, what you having to check into customs and how did he get get through customs? Because usually when you go through customs, you got to answer questions like. Oh yeah, this is my name. This is my birthday. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And Even he was going through Canadian out. customs too. Like every time I've had to go out of the country to Canada to visit relatives and whatnot, like they're even more hardcore. Yeah. Uh, because you have to, sh- you physically have to show them your ID and like you have to talk and do all sorts of other yeah. things. So I can do only they, imagine. Do they ask you if you have a, a DUI? Oh yeah, dude, you can have any. Yeah, well, I, I know you can't have a DUI and drive over. That's all I say. Mm. And then they're like, "Oh, you don't have a DUI? You're not from Bakersfield." <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, I don't have a DUI, and I am from Bakersfield, guys. They, thank you very much. But I have been arrested. But anyways, that's another podcast for another time. Um, but speaking of taking the trash off the plane, rest in peace, Scott Hall. You're not trash. So I apologize. But 
Uh, with that said, uh, once everybody got off the plane and everything was in order or whatnot, uh, Heidi Doyle said that, you know, once that happened to her with Scott Hall, there was still like about two or three hours left in the flight. Right. She said, after that happened with Scott Hall, I went back to the galley and I didn't come back. And they were pissed off because they wanted their drinks. They Un- wanted their food. Understandably, though, bro. Like, I mean, I mean, if everything happened to her, like she spoke about it. Very understandably why you did not want to be around that shit. Oh know? yeah, I even as a dude, right? Like yeah. if something like that happened, I'm like I don't want to go back out there. Did big shows fucking trying I'm, to fondle my dick? Oh, I mean you don't you don't drink and go out no more. But it's like I I do, and it's like dude, like when you're by somebody that's drunk, you're like fuck, leave me alone. And there's a like, plane get, full get, of drunk get people. Get the fuck away from me. You know exactly. And like you said, a plane full of people. They, they said this plane only had like 50, 60 seats. I'm sure it had more than that. And if anything, all those seats were probably taken because we talked about the wrestling the wrestling crew, and there's like maybe. 30 wrestlers on there plus the the management plus the uh uh like i was gonna say stewardess but not stewardess, <laughs> but the um, uh, makeup people and and every, everybody else that the production team stuff they're all on this flight so i'm sure every every seat was taken up correct you know and yeah why would i why would i want to be around any of that and like yeah. you said they're all drunk you mm-hmm. know yeah one drunk person is enough to fucking lock yeah. myself in the bathroom imagine fucking almost Pushing a hundred people, yeah. The one person that wasn't drunk is his, his birthday today, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. So happy birthday to you, Mister Austin. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really surprised he wasn't drunk when that was his whole gimmick. I'm pretty sure he was drunk. I'm just pretty sure, like, he was just an audience member at yeah. that point. Yeah. No, the one per- I thought you were gonna say Triple H because Triple H doesn't drink. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I know Triple H doesn't drink. That's why he's still got his hairline. Is is that why fucking CM Punk stole his his gimmick that he's straight edge? I don't think <laughs> CM Punk straight edge at all, bro. But yeah. oh yeah, you don't have all those problems with you, and you don't do something but right. Anyways, another podcast for another time. <laughs> uh, as I was saying, you know, when it came time to you know exit the plane and clean up the plane or whatever, right? Uh-huh. Everybody's off the plane. Uh, Terrellin, uh Kaplan, and Heidi Doyle they talked to their supervisor about everything that just went on. As they should, right? I was, just, you know, fucking all these people were trying to sexually assault me or did sexually assault me. Mm-hmm. And the supervisor basically is telling each of the stewardess that. Don't sell it. <laughs> yeah. Don't sell it. Don't say anything uh, because we, we want to respect the privacy of our customers. So don't go to the media. Yeah. Don't say anything. And oh, yeah, by the way, you need to clean up this fucking plane. And we're talking vomit. We're talking. Semen, the spit, spit the, the 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 gold dust, you know, spat in the the fucking seat, uh, syringes, uh, and just general trash in general. Yeah. You know, blood, I guess, is in there. Uh, obviously, well, yeah, from JBL. <laughs> yeah, uh, fucking the seats are broken from when you know Mr. Perfect and Brock Lesnar were fighting and whatnot. And the door, the door hinge broke too. Oh, yeah, they they said they did mention that, like some well, not the hinge, but something on the door like broke on there. So yeah, so. Can you imagine that, Jordan? Like, you had to go suffer through 14 hours of hell with these individuals, right? Because mm-hmm. there was a seven-hour yeah. delay. A seven-hour flight, yep. Yep, seven-hour flight. They must have caught a tailwind. But not only that, but you're getting sexually assaulted, mm-hmm. probably verbally assaulted, mm-hmm. and now you're being asked, now you got to stay and Especially clean the shit Especially verbally assaulted because, give me another fucking cart, bitch. You yeah. Know, like, I mean, you know it. It's, I mean, we've all been around drunk people, so we know we know how, how they act. So goddamn right, you know they were verbally assaulted, and and like I said, probably not just her, probably all of them. And that's what that's why I said it just gets me because it's just her. But like, like you said, maybe she's just the only one that want to talk about it. But it's like, 
Yeah, I'm sure they fucking did that to everyone, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, even if they didn't sexually assault her, that would be enough for me to be like, fuck this, get somebody else to fucking yeah. get a plane. Like, I mean, fuck, I would have just fucking left right there, you know, yeah. like in the first seven hours. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, to be honest with you, yeah. But I mean, again, she had just yeah. had given birth, so she had to make money for her child or whatnot, right? Uh, that, that got me too, bro. Like, oh, oh, I mean, obviously, like I was just so happy to see my daughter afterwards, which, I mean, okay, cool. But yet you're like, Oh no, we went to go have drinks, and this is something I don't do. But yeah, you said you went to go have drinks, like literally, like two seconds right after that. So whatever. I think that was before this all happened. No, it, it was, it was, it was yeah, before yeah. all this. But yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Just, I'm just saying, like, yeah. But anyways, <laughs> I'm I'm trumping right now, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, you're, fucking, you've been hanging around with Jesus Fuentes a little bit too long, huh? <laughs> Not rubbing off on you, man, Jordan. Yeah. You're just gonna have to sit in the jack off corner and get liberal, <laughs> get become a liberal like me and Art over here. <laughs> fucking goddamn it. But anyways, uh, the repercussions, right? Yeah. This is, I think, one of the biggest part of the stories to tell here. So after the flight, Vince and JR come together like butt cheeks and talk about like, wow, if this was a pri- if this was a commercial flight, mm-hmm. the FBI would have been waiting for us on the tarmac and we all would have been re- arrested, right? Yep. And so we need to hand down punishments. So immediately, the first on the chopping block was Scott Hall. Again, like we mentioned, he had already had substance abuse problems. And JR just said, you know what? Maybe it was too soon to bring, to bring him on back. The yeah. So may- he needs to go home and he needs to cl- get cleaned up. Vince said, yeah, cut him from the roster now. Next up, I think maybe like a week or so later, Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect, gets fired, mm-hmm. which I thought was unfortunate because, and I think even JR says it too in uh, the Dark Side of the Ring documentary. He just had a bad night. Like, yeah. yeah, he was horsing around and whatnot, and he horsed around with the wrong person and whatnot. But I don't think that warranted being fired. Maybe suspended. Yeah. And, well, and, and the thing is, you think about it is like, Kurt Henning got fired, but Brock didn't. Yeah, nothing became a Brock, right? But then again, I mean, Brock was a new hot toy, you know? Correct. So. He was going to be, in that SummerSlam, he was yeah. going to beat The Rock for the championship. Yeah. So you can't fire him and then... Two months later, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Kurt Henning, at that point, he was expendable. You know, he had already been, you know, a champion in the past and whatnot. And And granted, he fucking lost his life, like, literally the following year or whatever. I know. That that was super sad, too. Where it's just like, this guy is, to me, one of the best wrestlers. He's right up there with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart when it comes to technical wrestlers. And literally dies of a cocaine overdose Mm -hmm. the very next year. Mm -hmm. Um, So that sucks. Uh, Scott Hall gets fired. Goldust, I guess, was on the chopping block to be fired. I guess Vince wanted him to be fired, but JR kind of stepped in. Again, being the son of Dusty Rhodes gives you some kind of pass. So instead yeah. of him getting fired for everything that he did or didn't do, right? Right. right. That, that's what gets me, too, is why was he going to get fired? I mean, he didn't do nothing. Like I said, he didn't really do much. He sang bad, and then he yeah. spit. But I guess, too, like, and we'll get into this, him saying what he said to the yeah. other stewardess right. kind of put him on that block right but jr said you know again he had a bad night he was going through a rough divorce still and, had to work with and his he ex. made that call yeah and he said he made that call to keep gold dust around so instead of you know firing him or you know spending suspending him or whatever they just took him off tv and let him write out his contract and they just didn't renew his contract right. two years down the road so that was gold dust's story uh rick flair you said it you said it about brock nothing happened to brock um, and I mean, we we talked about what Ric Flair did, you know? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And that was the heaviest part of the documentary. It could have been just that the whole documentary that just him, just about this incident. Uh, but nothing happened to Ric Flair whatsoever. WWF wise. 
WWF wise, yes. Uh, later on down the lo- road, yeah. something will happen, but that's another podcast for another time. Nothing at all happens to Ric Flair. And then when Dark Side of the Ring asked JR, why didn't nothing happen? The first thing he goes, that's a good question. Like, yeah. Why didn't it? You know, it's like, holy shit. Like, like I said, we, we, we talked about what he did. Not one, one thing from WWE, but why? That's just Ric Flair. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and, and I, I've told you before, like, dude, when Ric Flair dies, this world's going to stop. Because he's just... Well, it's like Michael Jackson. He's he's like that iconic of a person. Yeah. You know, in the wrestling world, yeah. Every, well, not even in the wrestling world. Everyone. Woo! Like, we all know it. And I don't care if you watch wrestling or not. You know, my, you know my daughter goes, woo! And she don't know who the fuck Ric Flair is, but mm-hmm. you know it, bro. So I it's mean, like, yeah. he, his influence goes into the UFC. Like, yeah. basically, Conor McGregor's whole gimmick was Ric Flair. He has a fucking song with Amigos, Ric Flair Drip. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, his legacy expends... And basically, I, I mean, that's not justifying anything yeah. at all that he did. But as Jr. put it, he's a made man. He's almost right. above. It's like Michael Hayes. Yeah. He fucking almost pissed on the boss's wife. And that's one thing. Like, why didn't he get fired? Yeah, and he assaulted a talent. Right, yeah. made a talent fucking bleed or whatever. Right, nothing happened to him. And a few years later, with Michael Hayes, he actually called Mark Henry the N word. Not a suspension or anything happened to him. Fucking Vince McMahon said it to Booker T on live TV. <laughs> That's right, yeah, with John Cena right there. Uh, but nothing happened to, uh, to to Ric Flair whatsoever. And the only thing that happened was is Tara Lynn Kaplan, right? So not yeah. Heidi, the one that was on yeah. the flight. Again, they probably quit their job. And Tara... Uh, Heidi does say she quit. She That was the last thing she okay, ever did for cool. that company. Yeah. Uh, good, good for her. Yeah. Uh, but Tara Lynn, she actually goes and sees a lawyer and files a lawsuit against WWF at this time. And they're like, oh, it's okay. We're getting the F out of here anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, goes up to Heidi and says, hey, I'm filing a lawsuit. We need to take uh, repercussions against this because right. our our employer, they don't want us to say anything about it. WWE isn't it really acknowledging it. WWE is acknowledging some of the fucked up things that happened yeah. on the plane. Obviously, they made a goddamn children's cartoon about right. it, right? Uh, but they're not highlighting what happened to both of us let's be honest was this a children's cartoon it's more like south park bro <laughs> i would say the cartoon. simpsons right <laughs> yeah. it's the simpsons yeah. right which i let my kid watch the simpsons right, right? so she gets involved in the lawsuit and vince mcmahon has the johnny cochran of fucking sports lawyers i guess jerry mcdivitt yeah. and they settle the lawsuit out of court for an undisclosed amount of money or whatever and basically buys their silence. So you don't hear about this story for almost 20 years until a Dark Side of the Ring documentary right. comes out or whatever, right? Um, but as as it would, right? So all of these things happen or whatever. Literally two days later, right? And we've said it. We've had to correct ourselves multiple times. Yeah. This was the WWF era. Yep. As fate would have it, two days later, they have to legally change their name to WWE. Because of the Wildlife uh, Federation, World Federation, whatever. Yeah. yeah, the World Wildlife Federation, the panda bears, yeah. if you will, whatever, right? So I guess WWF wasn't the official name for WWE at the time. It was Titan Sports. Yeah. So they were licensing the name WWF, which was actually owned by the World Re- World Wildlife Wrestling I, Federation. I wanted to... Uh, so with that I wanted actually I, I'm not, I've never have but look it up like when did the World Wildlife Federation become a thing because years ago dude I looked it up one time it, it's so decades before what, this what it was okay yeah because WWF obviously was d- like WWF started. I mean in our minds WWF was a thing 
but on paper it never right. existed. Right. It only existed at this World Wildlife Federation. Yeah. Because Vince, when Vince's dad owned WWF, it was Worldwide Wrestling. So it was WWF. Yeah. When he bought it from his father, it turned into Titan Sports. Yeah. So Titan Sports was actually the real name for it, but WWF was like the play name that they right, can get yeah. away with for right. taxes and all this bullshit or whatever. Yeah. But they licensed that name with certain parameters from the World Wildlife Federation or whatever, right? right. And when they had their lawsuit, again, different podcast for a different time, yeah. and they violated their terms, they had to, quote, unquote, get the F out. Right. And the reason why this is a big deal is because, again, this plane ride from hell kind of summarized, like, the last 10 years of the wrestling industry, just mm -hmm. total debauchery, just blood, sex, and violence, if you will, or whatever, right? But once they became the WWE, and Dark Side of the Ring does a fantastic job of showing this, it goes into what's called from going from the Attitude Era into the PG Era. And Dark Side of the Ring actually shows like the torch being handed right. over from, you know, the Undertaker, who very much is an Attitude Era guy, to John, John Cena, Cena yeah. who's very much a PG Era guy. Mm -hmm. So they kind of toned down their product immensely for like the next what is it 22 yeah. years yeah and and, that, and that's when uh jacob stopped watching wrestling you know I, yeah i had to man because <laughs> he couldn't <laughs> see the puppies no more yeah, terry reynolds was gonna show him i wasn't gonna watch him <laughs> but yeah like, like you said i mean just went into the pg era where like you know and not even just you like a lot of people just stopped watching rest at this time because it's like oh well they're not doing this no more there's no more monday uh monday night wars or nothing so it's like what's keeping my interest so they mm -hmm. just well, then I'll turn it on the TNA. Yeah. Well, then also, too, I mean, you had the Chris Benoit thing yeah. that happened, which almost brought down the whole industry. Linda and, and, and li that literally happened around that time, too. Correct. And then also, too, uh, you Eddie have Eddie Guerrero happened to you. you Eddie know, Guerrero <laughs> passing away. Like two years later. So yeah. yeah. So a lot of the drugs and violence, a lot of things like the repercussions happened after this incident. Yeah. Then Linda McMahon, she runs for Senate. So they got to yeah. clean up the company a lot. Uh, because you can't have a senator <laughs> that's and, over and here. Vince McMahon's over there fucking whoever superstar he was fucking at the time. What was it? Uh, Trish Stratus, like, calling her a bitch and a dog and saying the N-word to Booker T. And making shit. everyone kiss his ass. Yeah, you can't have a senator yeah. in there. I mean, you can have a president, Yeah, but you can't have a senator <laughs> like that. But anyways, guys, uh, in a nutshell, that is a plane ride from hell. I mean, like and like I said, there's just so many fucking crazy things, dude, that, that happened on this plane. And then... For them to say, like, this isn't the only time. Dude, I was listening to one podcast, and they were talking about how uh, uh, ECW, they uh, they have a um, like a, a podcast that's just on their topics on uh, um, hotel rooms, and they, they call it something like, like a roundtable, but it's just, like, all of the shit that happened at the hotel rooms. Oh, wow. It's like, holy shit, dude. Like, that's maybe something we could, we could try to get up on and cover and shit. Yeah, like, cause so the next time that's wild, bro. Art doesn't want to be here. <laughs> nah. But, like, like I said, it's just... Everything that happened on this plane ride, like you said, if I mean federal agents would have been there, you know, like Correct. anyone, and and honestly, they all probably would. A lot of them probably would still be arrested to this day. Like Rick Flair, you know, like probably would still be arrested to, to this day if that shit, you know, if, if it was a commercial plane. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no way. I mean, he probably would have been out. I'm of surprised. Right I'm surprised they didn't get called. Even if it was a charter plane. I'm surprised they didn't get called, That's, especially when the when the pilot went out there and tried to stop. I mean. That speaks to the power of Vince yeah. McMahon. I mean, it took 50 years for him to get canceled. 
<laughs> in the ni- in the late 80s, early 90s, he went up against the federal government yeah. and won. Yeah. I mean, he went up against the FCC and won. He went up against Eric Bischoff and NWA, NWO <laughs> and won. So for a while, I mean, he was he was a Teflon Don for a yeah. long time. So, I mean, I'm, it's surprising, but at the same time, given the Vince McMahon era of the WWE slash WWF, mm-hmm. not surprising. No, no, I, I, I fully agree with you on that. I mean... The guy has power. I mean, fuck, one of his best friends is Donald Trump. <laughs> I mean, that says a lot there, you know? Yeah, I mean, Linda McMahon can't become a senator, but you can grab him by the pussy and become a president. Mm-hmm. So. Who knows? Maybe she might run for president. She runs for president. I'm voting, bro. I don't care. <laughs> I, I've never voted that in my poor lady I, almost I, got, <laughs> That poor lady almost got pissed on, so she might earn your vote that way. And that, like I said, that's one thing. Is like Michael Hayes didn't get didn't get fired. Nothing happened to him. And one thing we didn't cover, uh, after the ponytail was cut uh, on that Monday Night Raw uh Xbox did uh, uh, tape tape the ponytail onto they call it gorilla, which is basically like kind of like how we are right here. Mm-hmm. And before the show comes out, like they check in right here before they go out to to the, the ring and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Xbox actually grabbed the ponytail that was in a sandwich bag and just fucking <laughs> nailed it onto the gorilla door before he went out to go wrestle and stuff like that. So like that's fucking. So wild. everyone was yeah. laughing about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Until until Jr. pulled it off and threw it away. Yeah. So. Uh, I wonder if they donated it. They should have donated it. It was probably long. It was probably long enough. Yeah, yeah. It was a big ass fucking mullet. <laughs> <laughs> it was a free bird mullet, man. That would have made for a nice wig for a cancer survivor, man. Yeah. Hey, Seuss, you could have had that shit, man. Uh, oh fuck. <laughs> 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 Did I cross the line? A little bit. Oh, okay. Right. Anyways, but uh, Jordan, you got anything else? No, nah, man. Um, uh, make sure you guys go get a uh, Sucre Apparel and a uh, Caveman Coffee, man. Also, go support the podcast. Make sure you uh, listen to the Patreon. Uh, go look at the YouTube. We need the views to go up. And try to help you out, bro. I don't know. Yeah, thank you for coming on, man. Um, it is stressful when uh, we got to put a show together every single week, and uh, our schedules can't align. I mean, thankfully, knock on wood, I've been able to record every single week. I got perfect attendance. I need I need a participation trophy, but uh, life does happen. Uh, I wish Art would have been here. I think Art would appreciate stories like this, even yeah. though he hates wrestling, but I do think he would appreciate stories like this. Well, yeah, it, it, I could just imagine like, holy shit, man. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, that's crazy, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, thank you again for coming yeah, on. No worries, I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Copper last week for filling in for the Brad Recluse. Uh, anytime I send those bat singles out, it's good to know. Yeah, I got someone that I can rely on. So, oh yeah, uh, I mean, thank you uh, obviously we'll we'll get we'll, we'll get art and uh, we'll do another another episode all together again. And you know, like I mean, good times. We'll do the fox catcher one. I don't know. I don't know if we'll, we'll do. I mean, obviously, we're gonna do fox catcher because we 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 talked about it. But I mean, I'm sure we'll we'll come up with other topics. Just hopefully not murder, because you know, like I think every episode I've been on it has to do with something about murder. And I was I was kind of happy that this one didn't, but almost did. Yeah, it did. <laughs> almost. Uh, but it didn't. So with that said, guys, uh, Jordan, where can they find you at? Um, you guys just go ahead and follow me on Instagram or Snapchat or whatever at uh, Jordan.Ogin. That's J-O-R-D-N dot O-L-G-I-N. So you got a YouTube page and a podcast, I do, right? Bro. Yeah, but uh, you know what? I, I mean, it's just like just like the podcast, bro. I've been lagging and not fucking posting shit, bro. But I mean, you could go over there and go uh, uh, raise up my views on that, too. So Or go follow my TikTok. I do post a lot on TikTok. It's not just for the freaks? Nah, not that one. No, okay. That's only Snapchat, bro. Oh, Snapchat's for the freaks. Yeah, because those are private messages, you know? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, thank you for the Words Are Hard podcast. You want to shout them out? Uh, yeah, you can uh, go ahead and follow that at Words Are Hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to, it's words, the letter R, hard. Uh, go ahead and follow it on Instagram. Uh, 
and I mean we're we're on every platform too. But like I said, we just we haven't recorded in a while just because like our schedules don't match up a lot. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of hard. And then it's like the topics like we try to cover. We we tend to like to try to cover topics like a lot of people that don't know nothing about and stuff like that. So it's kind of hard to cover a topic that no one else has it. So that that's really what's holding us back. That and that and scheduling uh. Uh, things because like we thought we were gonna have Mondays to start re- recording. It's just like it's it's it just hasn't been able to align to be honest with you. So yeah. hopefully we'll get back on it pretty soon. But yeah, you guys go ahead and follow that on everything. We're on every platform. Well, so you guys like, got like what like 24, 25 episodes out? Uh, like like sixty. Oh shit! Yeah, like sixty five. <laughs> I think yeah, about sixty five episodes. But yeah, yeah. All right. So with that said, guys, I uh, need everyone to go ahead and go on to all the social medias and follow this podcast, guys. If you uh, happen to follow this on you find this on YouTube or Apple Music or Spotify or whatnot, uh, follow us on all the social medias at Art and Jacob Do America. Except for Twitter, we are at Art and Jacob Do A One. Because goddamn, Jordan, sometimes, sometimes, my guy, that's yeah, just how a steak is done. Yeah. I guess <laughs> that's some white I people mean, shit or what? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you already know steaks good enough. You don't need no sauce. Yeah, I mean that's 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 why you cook your own steaks, baby. Okay. <laughs> With that said, guys, uh, if you want to help support this podcast in any way whatsoever, guys, I highly recommend heading on over to the Patreon over at patreon.com slash Art Jacob Do America, uh, where every single week uh, my co-host Art and I put together a bonus episode uh, for your listening pleasure. Uh, and nine times out of ten, those podcasts are better than the actual episode that you're hearing for free. So if you enjoy this podcast and want some more and you want it to be better, head on over to Patreon, subscribe there, donate $1, donate $2. Uh, it helps us immensely, uh, and you get a bonus episode. This week, Jordan and I put together a bonus episode, and that, that episode came out really I, good as I, well. I, th- I thought it came out pretty solid, bro. Like, yeah. honestly, like, I mean, like I said, sometimes I like I like – us covering our our, uh, our patrons more than the actual episode. I mean, this episode was really great, but like, you know, I, th- I think the Patreon came out pretty solid. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, if you enjoyed this episode, for sure, go listen to the Patreon. If either one of our podcasts fucking crumbled to the ground, yeah. maybe we need to come together yeah. like butt cheeks and just call it shooting the shit with Jordan and Jacob it's or something. Fun. I don't know. Maybe or did we just create our own podcast? Ooh, I don't know. The king of this thing. We still, need, we, still need, we still need to do our YouTube, but yeah. Yeah, we still sure fuck do, but time is a motherfucker. But... Uh, if you want to support us in any other way, guys, I highly recommend heading on over to the website at artandjacobdoamerica.com. Follow the merch link so that we have there. Uh, buy a t-shirt, buy a sweatshirt. Uh, it's not so much to help us monetarily as we probably see 25, maybe 35 cents from every sale made over there. Uh, but it does help get the word out about this podcast. So if you're at fucking SummerSlam or WrestleMania this year in walking LA. Walking billboard, baby. You are a walking billboard for this podcast. So if... Uh, uh, you wear an RJ Do America t-shirt. You're at WrestleMania Hollywood. I guess that's what they're calling it this year. Oh, they are, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not even fucking nowhere near Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's down in Inglewood, baby. Uh, Can't get more ghetto than that. Huh? They fucking straight up tell you on the parking pass, uh, make sure you get everything out of your car because it is not secure. Yeah. Fucking Mac-10 and his homies are ready to fucking pounce on that shit. <laughs> uh, but guys, uh, if, you, if somebody sees an RJ Do America t-shirt out in the wild, and, you know, they want to learn more about the plane ride from hell. And they don't want to sit through four hours of the uh, Jim Cornette where he only talks fucking 10 minutes of it in, in like the middle of the episode. Yeah, they'll find the Iron Jacob Do America podcast. Listen to this episode and it will help us immensely. Uh, if you want to hear other great podcasts, guys, I highly recommend checking out our network over at podbelly.com. Uh, check out our fellow brother shows over at the great and powerful Sofa King as well as Robots for Eyes and Hillbilly Horror Stories. So with that said, Jordan, one more time, thank you for coming on once again. Don't worry, brother. Too sweet. Too sweet, that motherfucker. Uh, 
You got anything else, bro? No, man. I think uh, I think we're solid. There yeah. we go. So with that said, goodbye and good night. Good night. Sometimes as a joke, Ric Flair would put on his robe, not wear anything else, and walk that aisle like Ric Flair and then open it up and woo. That's the big high spot. I wanted to see Rick coming out naked in his robe, so he did it on the airplane for everybody. And uh, that's what the guys want to see. That's what makes them laugh. He could move his hips and twirl it, and so his well-endowed penis spins around like a helicopter. So that's, hey, he's the nature boy for a reason. He's got a hammer on him. He's the life of the party. And if you know him, you know where to exit the party and, and go to your own safe place. Or you don't know the rules and you find yourself in deep water. And that may have happened. And that was in the galley. The galley is where our little kitchen area on an airplane. Rick Flair was naked in a cape only, and then he decided to come back to the galley to get a Coke. And then he wouldn't leave the galley. He had me up back against the back door. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't move. I couldn't get away from him. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't move. He was spinning around his penis and he wanted me to touch it. And he, he took my hand and, and put it on him. Ric Flair is not going to try to impose by force any sexual stuff on to anybody. Um, he's just flaunting, styling and profile and doing like the Ric Flair stuff where everybody's going to laugh about it. Um, but obviously someone took offense to it. I remember him crowding the uh, the flight attendant like in the, in the aisle way back there by the bathroom where it's like real skinny and you can't fit two people through there and stuff. I remember him like crowding her and, uh, you know, trying to uh, make her uh, touch him and stuff. And he kept me back there for, I don't, I don't know how long. Um, Felt like a really long time. It wasn't short. Like it was. It was minutes. And I asked him to please stop, and he didn't. He wouldn't. I don't remember somebody really helping me except for one. I believe Gold, Gold Dust, who had the mic. I do believe he he told Rick Flair he should leave me alone eventually. He should he should leave me alone. And maybe that's why I didn't get as angry about that. Mike, as I maybe I should have, you know. I think he did try to help me, and he was the only one that did. Yeah. As the WWF deals with the fallout from the flight, Heidi is forced to consider her next steps. I remember walking off the airplane on the tarmac, and we went to a hotel that was quite nearby and talking about how horrible, like, and the girls from the front saying they didn't know that it was that, you know, that it was that bad. Um, and then I just went to my hotel room and I took a shower and I cried. I called Sportsjet. They said that was unfortunate, that that had occurred on the airplane. They preferred that we kept it to ourselves, the story, because we work with professional athletes and things happen on airplanes. And they let us know it was expected that we would um, respect the privacy of our clients. So then you have to figure out how you tell your husband, how was your trip? Well, it wasn't excellent. Um, what do you tell your husband? Um, it can even create 
situations where they say, well, what, why did that happen to you? Or what did you do to make them do that to you? And I would say that might be the worst question you could ever ask somebody who's been hurt because you already feel a sense of, what did I do? Did I smile? Was I, was I too nice to him? Or did I... And it made you feel almost like you'd done something wrong when I hadn't.